All right, so uh, we are in the middle of the third letter. Uh, this came back in print. I bought two from Judaica Plaza. We'll have to uh, order online maybe a few more if anyone uh, see how many people stay. Um, okay, so, so we started the third letter. We started getting into, you know, into the, you know, the first two letters were introductions. And now we're, uh, we're getting into the actual content, the actual idea of, of what Rav Hirsch is, is wanting to present. We explained last week, the first thing is that we recognize the Jewish people as being a historical phenomena, right? We, something which developed through history, right? There's 2,000 years without a Kal Yisrael. Kal Yisrael came, there's, there's historical events at the Torah, the only accurate history of Kal Yisrael, the only real important history, right? In, in 2,000 years, two and a half thousand years, right? billions of events took place, but the only ones that are important are the ones that the Torah tells us. This is what you have to know about the origins of Kal Yisrael. Right? There's always like these, um, you know, these like questions about like medrash, you know, how, how many midrashim are important to know, right? There's a lot of stories that you can read about, you know, Briyas Elam and Bereshis and midrashim, right? But, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's interesting how, you know, as far as the hashkafa, you know, all you need really is, is, is the Torah. You don't need anything more. Um, it's interesting, Rashi, Rav Aaron once said, Rav Lapiansi once said this, he just said this recently, you know, he spoke about Rashi, you know, how he said it over from someone that like, you know, the, the, the Rashi and Chumash, he brings the, the Midrashan that every year needs to know. Those are contained in Rashi. But otherwise, right, because those are Rashi's types of Chudash and Mikramor. Al-Kopanim, the point is, is that the Torah is giving us that history of Kaiso, which is important for us to know and understand in order to be able to, to, to do what we have to do. So recognizing that Kaiso is the result of history, it's important for us to understand history, to understand people, to understand the world. Right? What is the world? What are people? What are human beings? What, what's the, what is this thing, you know? And then we, could, then, we begin, then we can begin to understand what Kla Yisrael is, because we are a nation amongst nations, a people amongst peoples. Human beings are creations in an entire universe, right? So we got we to gotta understand the broader picture in order to get to the specific. And that's sort of Hirsch's approach. It's, it's not by means that's not, the, you know, not everyone will look at things that way, right? We look at Kla Yisrael. The fact that there's trillions of other things and billions of events that took place in the world are not relevant to us. What we know is the Torah, and that's it. We have, you know, you know it, to put it like narrowly, again, this is a, just to, to, to black and white, but, uh, you know, the, uh, the, Mara, the, the Ramcha, right? He writes it, right? So that the purpose of this world is for the next world, right? And so nothing else really matters other than this is a world to do mitzvahs. You do the mitzvahs, and you get to Elam Haba, right? This world takes on much less of an importance because it's not right. Those things don't matter. The history is much, much less important. Obviously, it's not because I mean, there's a reason why there's a whole world, right? Everyone, you have to you have to grapple with it. You have to deal with, you know, what's the purpose of Yemei Samashiach? What's the purpose of history? Right? What's what's going on over here? Right? There's a destiny of the world. The world is going places. The Navi talks about a future. If the whole point of this world is to get to the next world. Then just get to the next world, and then you're fine, right? It's like, what do you need a What's, what's going on, right? What's the whole point of everything? There's a point, there's a purpose, and that's what we're trying to understand. So in this letter of Hirsch is, gonna, is, to, is going to get to the world. Before we get to human beings, the next letter will talk about man. This letter he's going to talk, what is this universe that we're in? What is going on here? What is the world that Hashem put man into? Okay, now it's going to get a little poetic and it's going to get a little flowery. So we'll read it and, you know, we'll just kind of get a perspective. So first, if Hirsch is telling us, the Torah summons us to view heaven and earth and says to us, from heaven to earth, from earth to heaven, whatever you see in existence came to be when Bereshit Sparlai came. Right, so we pointed out that the idea of Yeshmi Ayin, Hirsch doesn't elaborate on here, and the Chumashi does, Yeshmi Ayin tells us that anything that's in the world is because Hashem created it. It's not like there was a world that Hashem just, you know, took the materials and made a world. If that would be the case, then uh, the world would be limited to, you know, the materials. 
Hashem created world yesh me'ayin. Anything in this world is because Hashem wants it to be in this world. And if it's here, it's because Hashem wants it, because it's, it meets the purpose of what Hashem wants. So everything is from Hashem. And that's the purpose of this paragraph over here. Everything in this world is from Hashem, from heaven to earth, from earth to heaven. Right? In other words, look around and recognize that everything's from God. You know, in the footnote here, Rabbi Elias, he, he gets into just you know, an idea of, you know, we're very busy today when we have atheism, right? And so evolution was just starting to become a theory in Hirsch's days. If Hirsch was very, very early in the days of, of, uh, of evolution. And if Hirsch makes a comment Something to like, you know, and if the world appears to be very old, then, you know, we have Midrashim that say that Hashem created multiple worlds and destroyed them. But, right? I'm not sure if he's the first. There's definitely one of the first. first what? First yeah, okay, same, you know, the, uh, what, what was Torah Yisrael? A little bit earlier. Right? Uh, a little bit earlier. Right? That idea. What? Right? So, so the idea that, you know, but that Rav, Hirsch is not, Rav Hirsch is not, the Torah is not a science book, it's not a history book, right? In the sense of that you're going to read it in order to get the secrets of the universe and the secrets. That's not the point. It's not a book of archaeology. It's the book of Hashem. It's not a book telling us, proving, proving God to us, right? That's not, you're not going to find that in the Torah. Yes, there's all the Bible codes and all the shticks and gematrias, and they're wonderful, right? The, the, the Torah is telling us how we should view this world. This is what the Torah is telling us. The Torah's account of Beratius is telling us how are we to look at the world around us. What, with what eyes should we look at it? We're not here to prove. You want to know about if God existed? Reverse writes many times, Maimon Har Sinai, right? Atta Haresa Ladas, right? It's, it, you, you know that there's a God because Hashem revealed Himself. That's the idea of Yitzhiya Smitzrayim. A nais, a nais is a, is, a, is, a, is a banner, right? When you lift up a banner to show everyone, right? Hashem sometimes does things out of the natural course to prove His existence, and He proved His existence. That's not the point. That's not what we're trying to get out of here. If you want proofs of God, there are no proofs, right? Rav Nata Shilas said, right? There's only, there's evidence, right? There's no mathematical proof. If there wasn't mathematical proof, then everyone would believe in God, right? It's evidence, right? We can talk about things that show, this is evidence of a God, right? And we have our Messiah, and so that's all we need. We're fine. Now, Hirsch is not telling us here proving God to us, right? He's not going to say, because he's going to read a whole commentary about Hashem created everything, and he'll be like, Mehechatesi. That's not the question. That's not the point. If you have a question about it, we could deal with that. Now, Hirsch is telling us, what is the Torah telling us? When the Torah writes, what is, is the Torah not telling us, you must believe God created the world? That's, before you even read the Torah, you have to believe God created the world. That's, that's the prerequisite, right? That's obvious. The Torah is telling us, now he's telling us about this God. What did this God do? What did he create? What is, what is the Metzius? Right? That's what the Torah is telling us. So it's not a matter of belief. This is a matter of perspective. Right? So he's going to go through. See the heavens in their everlasting tranquility. Unchanging course. The source of light, heat, and every mode of force on our planet and carrier of our earthly life. Right? Look around at the, at the galaxy. God. Look at the sky at night with its millions of galaxies or in daytime illuminated by the glorious radiance of the sun. Or observe the earth, that swift runner, right? It refers to two different shots. What's the word? Aret. One of them is from the word ruts, right? Because it's, you know, it's, it's the rotation and it's always having different seasons. That's aret. Right? With its eternal cycles of coming into being and ceasing to be, of blooming and withering, life and death, decay, decline, and death forever struggle to reemerge a new existence, new blossoming in life, right? This tremendous diversity in seasons, in life, things are born, things die, things grow, things die up there, a circle of life. See the millions of species, rocks, plants, and animals which the earth produces and nourishes, takes back again into its bosom, right? Again, you have it, uh, right? You have plants and animals, right? They're born from the earth, right? They eat, they feed, they die, go back into the earth, right? See the light. We'll get more into that idea later of the, of the kind of the circle of life. See the light, heaven's messenger to the earth. Just uh, to the earth. Coaxing, coaxing all into life and then making it fade away again. The light by means of which you can see all things which colors them for you in every who. 
or look at the rarefied atmosphere surrounding the earth, which, in, which intercepts the rays of light and diffuses them to serve the earth's needs, and through which the clouds travel, collecting water and in turn watering the parched soil, thirsty vegetation, beasts, and man. Right? You have the water, goes up in the atmosphere, rains back down on earth. See the oceans encompassing the earth with their all-embracing floods and the springs welling up from the rock fissures and flowing forth as, right, as riverless brooks and mighty rivers. Notice he's painting us a picture of an entire universe. Right? The Torah says, look at this entire universe. Are you glad of the firm surface of the earth supporting you and yours? Are you glad of its meadowy expanse and its many species of trees? Glad of the animals frolicking in the water and the air or on the ground? Right? Do you see the sun, the moon, the stars above you, regulating the times of day, the months, the years, directing the rounds of awakening and sleep, rise and fall, blossoming and withering upon the earth? Take a look. There's a massive, massive universe. And Refresh is opening our eyes to a universe, to an entire existence of, of, of just tremendous diversity of things. Right? Just open your eyes and look, there's a world outside. One God, one omnipotent creator proclaims the Torah. By whose words, everything became what it is. Heaven and earth, his work. His, the light in the air, oceans and continents, plants, fishes, birds, insects and beasts, the sun, the moon, the stars, his creation, he spoke by he and it came into being. So again, this sounds like elementary, right? But in other words, recognize first of all that there's a tremendous universe around you and everything came from Hashem. Hashem created everything. And again, this is going to be in direct contrast, which we'll see in a minute, right? Because there's a lot of things in the world that seem to contradict each other, right? One of the reasons why paganism became so popular is because it makes a lot of sense intuitively, right? If God is this powerful, you know, you know God of light, then, then what's with the dark, right? If it's, a, if it's such a powerful thing, then why does it ever go away, right? It must be God, there's a God of dark, there's a God of light, there's a God of life, right? How do, how do you reconcile life and death? Oh, well, there must be two gods, right? Love and hate, oh, there's two gods, right? There's a God of the rocks, there's a God of men, there's a God... Right? Because there's such diversity. The Torah tells us everything came from Hashem. So first of all, recognize that there's an everything. Right? Don't be narrow in thinking that the world is just your Dalanamas, right? Recognize that there's an entire universe. Recognize that, and, and the universe includes everything, right? It includes every aspect of the universe that's all from Hashem, from the smallest insect to the largest animal, from rocks, plants, from the atmosphere. We don't, we don't, we don't, we don't you know, if you're a physicist, a chemist, right? Every single element on that periodic table and its ability, right? And it all came from Hashem, right? So again, Aleph, everything, this world, look around it, recognize it, right? And recognize that it's from Hashem. And now, here's the money, right? If you now contemplate separately all that was created, from the blade of grass to the sun's orb, each endowed with a purpose of its own, each specifically designed in substance and form for that same, for that purpose, it is self-same Almighty's wisdom that designed and designated them all. Okay, it's a long run-on sentence. But what he's going to say here is, is that we recognize God created everything. Okay, now let's look at each thing individually. Each thing in the world was created with a very specific purpose. Right? Everything fits its purpose, right? There's a trees do a certain thing, fruits do a certain thing, animals, every animal, right? There's all they're all functioning in this universe. And each one was created, like he says, with form and substance for that purpose, right? Um, a, a rock is meant to, you know, I don't know, be a rock, or a piece of wood is meant to you know, grow. The properties of a rock, right, are meant exactly for that purpose, right? You have the properties of a, of a right, when, when, and, and when you build things, right, there are certain properties that everything has. And everything was designed by Hashem and given exactly what it needs to fulfill its purpose, right? A fish is not an animal, an animal is not a plant, a plant is not a rock, right? Everything is different because each thing is its own separate creation, right? Everything is created by God and it is endowed with its own specific task, right? Recognize that everything has a task. You know, we don't tend to look at it. We don't look at human beings have a task. But this uh, piece of wood doesn't have a task. No, this piece of wood's task is to lie here flat and support X amount of pounds, right? And uh, this, this wood's task 
is that if you pick, take a flame to it, it's going to combust or whatever, it's going to burn at a certain temperature, right? That's the task of this piece of wood. Everything has a task. And it was exact properties, right? This piece of wood is not a metal, right? And metal it bends when you light it, right? It gets softer, it doesn't burn, it doesn't light up. That's metal. Metal has different properties, right? Metal, everything was created with very specific properties. And another word we can use for these properties, by the way, is a law, right? We call it laws of nature, laws of physics. That's everything is created with, with laws, okay? It is, so he says, uh, you know, contemplate separately all that was created from the blade of grass to the sun's orb, each endowed with a purpose of its own, each specifically designed in substance and form for that purpose. This is one of the things sometimes if you listen to the language of like, you know, evolutionists, the people that believe in evolution biology, they can't avoid talking about things as if there's a purpose, right? And, and, the, and the purpose of the stomach is to, purpose means that there was design, right? If there's evolution, then the stomach doesn't have a purpose, right? But it's clear, right, things are created with purpose, right? You, we look at things and we realize that there's a purpose. What is, this, what is the purpose of this? That means that there's a design, right? If something is just natural, like you look at a junkyard, you don't say, what is the purpose of this piece of wood? Being like that. No, it's not, no purpose, right? It just, it just happened. We, and, and, and clearly the world, again, we, we could talk about whether you believe in God or not, right? But the idea is that you see the world, it's purpose. You see that there's very specific things happening and reasons, right? And it's the self-saint Almighty's wisdom that designed and designated all of them, right? So not only did Hashem create them, but He designated all of them, right? So you could create a big giant sun, right? But put it, you know, 10 billion light years away, it's not doing anything for us here on planet Earth, right? Hashem called the light to serve the day. Darkness to serve the night, right? This is a... So he created light, and he designated, this is your purpose. I want you to light the earth. And so, and, and exactly, right? The sun is the exact distance, right, to the earth to be exactly what Hashem wanted it to be. So the, the nature of what the sun is and the position and everything about the sun fits the exact purpose that Hashem wants, right? The atmosphere to become the earth's sky. Hashem created an atmosphere, right? What does the atmosphere do, right? It's, uh, it's, it's the sky at night and it protects and all the, you know, diffuses light and, you know, keeps the earth cool or warm or whatever, global warming, right? The masses of water to be the oceans, the dry land to become the developing earth, the stars to become the regulators of the season, right? So Hashem created each thing individually with very specific properties and then put it in a place where it's going to be able to fulfill exactly what Hashem wants it to fulfill. By His wisdom, substance, form, power, and dimensions were assigned and dealt out to each according to its purpose. Right? So Hashem creates a world. Everything in the world had a very specific blueprint, very specific design, and Hashem created it, and He, did ex- and he put it exactly in the place where it was going to be able to fulfill what Hashem wanted it. Again, this sounds almost elementary, but we're trying to paint the picture here, so you'll bear with me. His wisdom decreed, right? Everything became what it is. Vayichein, of Hirsch says in Bereshus, means... You see it today, exactly as it is today, is because Hashem created it back then. In other words, it is exactly, right? So that's why it doesn't say by Hichain of her says on birds and fish, because those you don't see as much, right? Those are like not part of the human realm. But Hashem wants you to look, you see a rock, that's because Hashem said by Yehichain, right? Everything is because Hashem said. And everything became what it is, the smallest and the biggest, all were called into being and service by Hashem's word, were formed by His finger. Hashem, right? We talk about human beings, so we'll talk about humans next week, right? But Hashem wants, Hashem gave you a job, you have a tafkid. Everything has a tafkid. This, this piece of uh, cardboard has a tafkid, right? Hashem gave it a very specific, I'm not talking about like in the Hasidish sense of, you know, Hashem wants this piece of cardboard to be a Siddur's cover. Uh, that's, that's already more, you know, uh, yeah. but I'm saying, I'm not talking about like, you know, the, 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 every blade of grass and, you know, what we can, what? They, they just understand the a little it's, Well, the difference is, we'll see. The difference is that they, that they don't have a choice. 
That's the big difference. We'll get to that. That's to, as we'll get to man. Man is the only, but the, right. In other words, the, the big discussion, not a big discussion, right? We shine him almost right. The story of the Balshemtiv, right? There's a Yamtiv Elo song. I'm going to rile up Pritzker now, right? But like the, where, where he sees the a leaf falling from the, on the ground, right? So he says, "Why are you falling?" So he says, oh, "The tree shook. Why do you shake? Because of the wind. The wind. What? Because there's a bug that's hot, and Hashem uh, wanted it to, right?" The, the Rambam says, but first, like that, many of these shayim, there's no hashkacha pratis on, on, on animals, there's no hashkacha, right? On, there's, okay, it's a complicated sugya, which we're not going to get into now. That's not, that's not what we're referring to here. I'm not referring to tachlis in a very specific, right? But the general, Hashem created everything in the world, the, the species, right? Hashem created the, the concept of cardboard and its properties for the exact purpose of this is what it is, and it has the properties that are exactly necessary to do what it has to do. So everything in the world is a creation of God. Each individual thing is a creation. Hashem created it with very specific properties, very specific rules, very specific laws, right? And then put it exactly in the place where it will be able to do what Hashem wanted it to do. Right? That's the picture here. All the forces governing them and all the laws according to which... And laws, it's very important, right? These are laws, right? The fact that, uh, the fact that a lion, when it sees a, a gazelle, right, starts chasing it, right, is a law. Hashem created a law. This is a law. It's built into the DNA of the animal that you eat this, right? Some animals are carnivores, some are herbivores. Those are laws, right? They, they are laws. You have to, we have to, that word is going to be super important. Everything in the world follows sets of laws. And scientists call it laws, right? They are laws of nature. Laws, these are laws. Newton's laws, right? The laws of motion, right? Who created, what, what is gravity? Right? Well, what is gravity? What is gravity? Yeah, we, we could describe it. It's things, you know, you know, you know gravitate towards uh, areas with larger mass. Why? That is a law that Hashem created. It is a law that Hashem said, this is how I want things to be. This is how I want this to be. This is how I want this material to behave. This is how I want this cre- creation to behave. Right? This type of tree should go this far, with this type of leaf, this type of animal should grow this small, this animal should eat that animal, this animal should live in that animal, this animal should be able to do this, this animal should be able to be camouflaged. The tremendous diversity across the universe. This chemical reacts with this chemical that way, this one burns at that temperature. These are all laws that Hashem created. Right, which is from the forces and laws according to which a stone falls, right? Gravity or a seed germinates, right? Every plant is different, right? You, you want a plant, you have a garden, right? Different things grow at different temperatures, different seasons, right? To those governing the movement of the planets and the following of the spirit, the little cockroach, its laws and, and the things that cause like the gravity and the forces and, and, and that motion, that, right? That we that we used to explain the universe, relativity and everything. All these forces are from God, the omnipotent, and in all these laws, it is His word that reigns. Very important, right? Everything was from God and they work according to the, the laws and the ideas set from it by God. Again, it sounds, it sounds very basic, but it's a picture that we're trying to create. We know this. Yeah, everything's from Hashem. But, but the Torah, by giving us a whole account of Bereshus, it's going through every creation and it's explaining a lot of things, right? Hashem created this and He put it by day. Hashem, Hashem designated light to be by day. What does that mean? That means Hashem created Ur, that's first of all, and Hashem also put it in its place, right? Hashem created the fish, the birds, and He put them in the sea, put them in the sky. So in other words, He created things, so all the properties that it has, and also its place, and, its, and, and everything about it, right? The fact that the moon, Hashem created the moon, okay, I'm, we're, not, we're not here to talk about, you know, you know, um, you know, the physics and what came first. Hashem took the moon, put it, in, created it in his warehouse, and then put it in the earth. That's not important. That's not the point here. So Hashem created the moon and placed it right there in the earth at the exact angle to keep the earth on its axis so to be able to maintain the weather and the seasons, right? Everything was created with properties and laws that govern it, and Hashem, everything was put into a place to operate according to these laws. Okay? And one more point, and then we'll stop here. Now look at this entire host of creations. 
although greatly differing from each other in their properties and purpose, right? There's tremendous diversity. They have, they have been linked in one great harmonious system, right? So there's tremendous contradictions, different forces, billions of different creations. And they're all in this world, and they're operating in harmony, right? Each one functioning in its particular place, in its time, using the resources apportioned to it, right? Everything is exactly, right? This is where this thing is, right? And when you mess with that, by the way, you have all sorts of problems, right? That's like the classic... Uh, in Israel, right? They brought in the cast to deal with the mice. Now we have a cat problem, right? This, this repeats itself all over the place, and, 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 right? They bring in this animal to try to control the population, and then that becomes a problem, right? Just like when you mess with nature, right? Hashem created a very a balance, right? Of course, animals eat each other, things get destroyed, there are weather, but there's a balance, right? There's an ebb and flow, right? But one of the big arguments against um, global warming, right? They talk about how the ice caps are melting, right? Ice caps are melting. And I'm not getting into global warming and all this. But like, as much as the ice caps were melting in the south, they were actually growing in the north, right? In other words, there's, right, there's, there's, a, there's an actual, right, also, you know, this, this big volcano that exploded a few years ago. Remember, it was a, kind of fly for a few weeks over, over Europe, right? Volcanoes actually cool down the earth, right? Again, without getting, you know, we can could, we could handle science and handle how exactly this works. But just the idea of things existing in harmony and, and, and all together, different, with different forces, and they could compete. Fire and water are contradictions. That's why they believe in, in idols, right? But they work, right? You put the water in a pot, you could cook, right? The water puts out the fire, everything, right? Every animal has its own place, its own designation, right? None functioning at cross purposes to the other, right? None, right? But each supporting the whole, and the whole supporting each one, right? Everything is part of this universe, and the universe it's for everyone, right? Everyone, everyone, get, everyone gives, contributes to the great universe, and the great universe is what keeps that right. Without the, without the atmosphere, we wouldn't be alive. But without us, there would be no atmosphere, right? Plant, it's all just a complete interconnected universe. Who then mediates between the opposites and unites the universe into a whole? Right? Who does that? You have contradictions. How, how do we? How, how do we? Right? Again, what is this Havdalah? The Torah is telling us Hashem separated. It is a self-same one alone who stands as conciliator between light and darkness, life and death, right? Hashem, that's, that's, that's the next aspect. Hashem created the world, He gave everything its properties, set it in its properties, and allowed it to work with each other, right? He took the night and day, by Yavdil, He separated it. What does it mean He separated it? He placed limits. Yes, there's darkness, but there's a limit to darkness. Yes, there's light, but there's a limit to light. Yes, there's animals. There's a limit to their capacity. There's limits to this. Everything has limits. There's creation, and then there's limits. Again, very important point here. His love provides matter and energy for the world, right? His love is, is creation, and then his justice sets limits, goals, and boundaries. The harmonizer of opposites, right? That's what tzvakis means. What's tzvam? An army, right? It doesn't only mean an army, right? What's the, what's the idea of a general of an army? Is that you have all the different diverse things working towards that one goal. Hashem created everything with tremendous contradictions, but he's bringing them all together. And so Hashem is saying there's the positive aspect of creation, Right? We call that like the Shema Vaya, right? It's the positive, right? But then there's the limits. There's Hashem saying, okay, you, you have this property, but not more, right? This animal behaves this way, but not past this way. This chemical does this, but not past it. This animal, this tree, everything has creation, has properties that we call it love, let's say. And then there's the justice, there's the limit, right? So we have the same, right? let's imagine with people. There's, there's the love, right? Let's say we'll call, let's say marriage, right? That's an aspect of love. But then there's limits, which is, well, don't marry this and this and this and this, right? There's limits. Right? Again, we're not, we're not getting into human beings now, but just explain the concept in terms of laws. There are laws that we call the positive traits of something, and then there's the limits of that thing. That's the justice. There's love and justice, and that's the entire universe. So again, 
again, it's, it sounds like Pashit, but it's, he's trying to create a picture of what, and he's saying this is what the Torah wants us to look at. And again, if you read through Hirsch's Pirish on the first parak of Bereshus, you'll get a sense of how the Psukim all work with this. But Hashem created everything. Each individual thing Hashem created with very specific properties, very specific, and then Hashem put them all into a world and He miraculously has them all working together through setting limits and allowing them to interact in a way which creates this beautiful, beautiful universe. Now again, we'll finish the letter next week and then afterward, after Pesach, we'll discuss, well, what is the human being's role in this world? Right Now we know what this world is. This is what the world is. Well, then human beings are obviously another creation amongst these creations that have to fit into the same narrative. All right, again, it's, it's, bear with me. We'll, we'll, this is a little bit flowery, the next letter or two, but then it starts getting a little bit more, uh, you know, a little bit, uh, a little bit uh, easier to, to kind of grasp. Oh, yeah.